Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and removes any memories we had of Ben Affleck's Daredevil for every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And this episode, we are covering Season 1, Episode 1 of Daredevil, called Into the Ring. Original air date, April 10th, 2015. And as a quick uh, summary reminder of what happens in this episode, in case you haven't uh, recently watched this, uh, Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson open their law firm and take the case of a woman accused of murder who Matt believes is innocent. Dun, 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 innocence. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wasn't sure. I was, you know, it was one of those few times where I was thinking of saying the dun, 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 but I, it just didn't feel right for that intro. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't care if it feels right. I'm going dun 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 every time. Okay, he's on happy endings, which <laughs> rarely happen in the MCU. That is true. Very very <laughs> true. So, all right. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, before we do that, though, Tony, something that I wanted to mention before we started this to at least prep you or not. Uh, but I wanted to ask, you know, overall, um. You know, all the Netflix shows, you know, we've had so many seasons of those for now, are very, mm-hmm. very different. At least they feel very different than the other ones. You know, the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, and then all the movies, right? But it's all the yeah. same universe. So so what do you feel? Or, like, how, how do you feel of, um, I guess, Daredevil in general, right? This The mm-hmm. series, this season, and then uh, the Netflix shows in general. We'll just kind of work our way down to, to up. Well, are you saying, like, how do I enjoy them, or how do they fit in the MCU, or what? Like you, you how do you enjoy them? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you wish <sighs> Ben Affleck came back, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, well, I definitely don't want Ben Affleck to come back <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Um, no, I mean, overall, the Netflix shows are kind of hit and miss for me. Um, there are some, Daredevil included, I really love, and some... If I wasn't doing the show, I would never think about it again. But we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there in, I don't know, a few years maybe. Um, Daredevil, I I really enjoy Daredevil. Um, this is coming from someone who, at this point as I'm recording this, I finished Daredevil Season 3 a couple weeks ago. And this is a show that started off strong and I think keeps getting stronger every, se- every season. Um... I did have some problems with the tone when I first started watching it because it's not like the MCU at all or the rest of the MCU that we've seen so far. But once you understand that we can, like we in real life live on a place where there are terrible tragedies and comedies in real life happening all the time, you can kind of accept that there's different tones in the MCU. Uh, What are your thoughts on it? Um, for the most part, pretty similar to, to yours. Um, you know, one of the things that I I kind of dislike at times with the Netflix shows is how slow they can get. Um, mm-hmm. And it just feels a little tough to get through them. Um, I really don't remember much about the first season. And yeah. um, just kind of, uh, I've, I've already, I've rewatched the first two episodes. And it... Um, it's interesting how long it takes for them to introduce the the main villain of the season, even though, you know, it's the same villain since episode one. They just, like, take a while. And they take their time for dramatic effect and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, that's my that's really my main complaint. But uh, I, I forgot kind of how strong it felt that Daredevil actually started, like, when, when episode one came out. And, like, I remember really liking it, but... Um, I don't really remember much, and so yeah, it's it's actually kind of nice rewatching it. And, uh, we'll we'll see how I say, or we'll see what I say about other shows in the the future that are destroyed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm a slightly more fresh than you are because I rewatched season one and all the previous Netflix shows right before Defenders came out. So I watched it. I, this I'm going to have a third watch through of at least season one. Oh, okay. I have only watched them the the one time. Yeah. Previously, yeah. So, okay. Uh, Since this is our first episode, do we want to go through a little bit of, like, the background of the show? Like, the scenery? Or the... Yeah, yeah, no. um, (laughs) The showrunner... uh, The stuff we never talk about. Like, the directors and the actual... How the show got created. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Do you... 
Do you know that stuff, or are you expecting me? Because I don't know any of it. <laughs> I know I know a little bit of it. I did look at it a little bit. Um, oh, perfect. All right, teach us stuff. Originally, it was um, pitched to Kevin Feige, you know, the producer of all of the MCU, um, as a movie, a rated R movie, once they got their uh, the rights back to Daredevil. Uh, Drew Goddard pitched it, who... Drew Goddard is a very close friend of Joss Whedon. And at the time, you know, Joss Whedon's friends were doing everything. Um, yeah, he he pitched it as like a 1970s set, like, noir action movie. And Kevin Feige was like, nope, we're not doing rated R Marvel movies. But about, a, this was 2013, in 2014, they went back to him because they were starting to set up more adult content for uh, um, the Defenders run. So they were wanted to do that 60-episode package, four shows, and the Defenders, which they ended up going to Netflix. And they offered him the job, uh, Drew Goddard, the job of showrunning it. And he took him up on it. He wrote the first couple episodes. And then he got a job with Sony uh, <laughs> doing, doing a Sinister Six movie. Which we all, we might know how that ended up. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He um, he left. He pretty much gave showrunner duties to um, a guy named Stephen S. Uh, yeah, Stephen S. Denight, who's uh, he worked on Angel and Dollhouse and Buffy, and he was also a cr- uh, one of the creators of Spartacus on either Stars or Showtime. So, so basically, another person who probably has spent a lot of time working with Joss Whedon. Oh yeah, he okay. yeah he's only directed one thing so far, which was Pacific Rim Uprising years later, which I never saw. Did you see that? I did. It um it was definitely not as strong as the first movie, but overall it was it wasn't bad. Were there giant monsters fighting giant robots? Yes, there were. Then it didn't need to be very good. I don't know. The the first one I actually really enjoyed. Like I, I, really I thought it had a good it. story. I thought it had good acting. Like the visuals were great. Like it was kind of this good all around package. The second one was the second one was what you would have expected to go and see the first. Okay. How about have you seen Atlantic Rim? No. No. You shouldn't. Although <laughs> they just oh. released it um the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix, and they cover Atlantic Rim. And <laughs> they make it better. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll watch that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to wrap this up, like, Stephen S. Knight pretty much show ran it until um, Sony decided they weren't going to do any more Spider-Man movies ever again. And Drew Goddard was involved a little bit, like writing and stuff, but he never really got back into show running, unfortunately. Which is sad because I loved. He's directed two movies so far, and I loved both of them. Which he directed Cabin in the Woods and um, A Bad Time at the El Royale. Oh, I still out. haven't seen Bad Time at the El Royale, but I wanted to. Yeah. Right. Didn't know did, it was that did, good. Did, All right. Yeah, did we see Kevin the Woods together? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. That, yeah. that was good. I yeah, I remember like hearing about it a little bit before it came out and we were like, yeah, let's, mm-hmm. yeah I guess we'll we'll go see this movie. And like I don't know how much you knew about it, but I knew I, basically I knew nothing. Oh, okay. I, and, I knew that Joss Whedon wrote it with his friend, with Drew Goddard, and I knew that Thor was in it. That's all I knew about the movie. <laughs> I was turned out to be great. I don't want to spoil it, but if you've never seen the movie, go watch that movie right now. Or after the podcast. No, we have your download. You can watch it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you stream it, even better, because it counts as two downloads, I think. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> cool. Um Alright, any more any more background on the show you want to give, or are we, are we good um, to jump in? Yeah, I'm ready to jump in. Okay. So the very first thing I wanted to talk about, and we're going to do this a little bit out of scene order, kind of want to try and Uh see if we can get a little bit more cohesiveness with this. Um, This is the 
so technically this is the third TV show in the MCU. Um, This is the first one with actual opening credits. I know. It's going to be so much easier for me to find theme music for the opening of the podcast. It's right there (laughs) in the opening credits. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it, it was it was interesting because I was sitting there thinking like, oh, cool, I can press the skip intro button. Then I realized, wait a minute, this is the first time I've had to worry about this in the entire what two seasons of Agents of Shield and one season of uh, Agent Carter. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was good. It's also mm-hmm. short. Like I don't remember if the other shows like their intro is long or not, but it always feels like it is because I probably always just skip it. Um. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage feel long. I remember watching those, but um, mm-hmm. I think Iron Fist is pretty short. I'm trying to imagine. Maybe just more stuff happens in Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Maybe and well, Iron when Fist we get is to just him hmm? jumping around, and Iron <laughs> Fist is just him jumping around. Well, when we get to those seasons, we'll uh, we'll start timing them, and we'll see how long they actually are, or if it's <laughs> no, going to be not. like. Like one of those things where you know we say, "Oh, it's forever," and forever is like ten seconds. Like, eh. oh yeah, yeah. This is a little over a minute long. Oh, okay. Wow, I really don't remember how long, and I watched it this time too. <laughs> oh, I went back and I took notes for the opening titles. So I, you know, I pulled up the YouTube video and had the little timer at the bottom. So I, assuming nothing was at the end, and it was about a minute, minute and ten seconds long. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, good to know. All right. Um, so opening scene of the episode is uh, Matt, uh, basically Matt Murdock being blinded. His dad's finding him. Uh, we find out that um, the reason he was blinded because you know hit with some chemicals, but he also saved an old man's life. So even at a young mm-hmm. age, he's trying to be a a nice do gooder right there. Yeah. Unlike the Ben Affleck movie, it is not Stanley this time. Oh, that was Stan Lee in the Ben Affleck one? Well, he, he saved him when he was already blind. He saved an old man. I think he just... He, I'm, I, it's been so long since I've seen the Ben Affleck one. <laughs> I don't even know. But I remember the cameo with uh, Stan Lee, him about to walk into traffic and blinded child version of Matt Murdock using his cane to stop him. This sounds familiar now that you've said that. Yeah, I think you're right. So it was after after that scene. Yeah. Hmm. so um now i forget i i want to say that this has actually been retconned or maybe it wasn't i i should have actually done the research and looked into this but um not pictured in this scene are the ninja turtles who are uh, (laughs) also given their powers by the same uh whatever substance that blinded matt murdoch oh yeah well yeah ninja turtles are though not part of the mcu are offshoots of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Which, yeah, I've I've read the first issue of Ninja Turtles. I've, I know the history. Okay, alright. Like, I've, <laughs> I've seen it in, in things. I just wasn't sure if it, like, if that was actually the canon or, or not. I don't know how that, that actually works. I don't out. know if it's current Ninja Turtles canon. Because I don't know what is current Ninja Turtles canon anymore. Because there have been so many cartoons and everything. Or if there's even an, an ongoing Ninja Turtles comic book anymore there but the uh, last i checked there was but um i mean yeah it's, you know, it's something that gets rebooted every so often all that stuff so, every time yeah. nickelodeon wants to start a new tv show or movie <laughs> that too yeah uh-huh <laughs> so um yeah so there's that um and then, so now we kind of just move on to basically present day stuff uh you have uh, adult matt murdoch um, being very slow, talkative at the beginning of the episode. Uh, he's at confession, basically. He's confessing his confessions. And mm-hmm. uh, doesn't actually confess anything. No. He mm-hmm. he pre-confesses. He's asking for pre-forgiveness for what he's <laughs> about to do. I also like... He talks about his... For a long time, he talks about his father, the boxer. And... I realized that Jack Murdoch, aka Batlin Jack Murdoch, who we've already met, uses the Homer Simpson method of boxing. He just stays <laughs> standing until the other people get tired of hitting him. 
<laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also uh, get introduced to uh, Matt Murdock for the first time ever, played by Char- uh, a guy named Charlie Cox, who's, in my opinion, is most famous for the movie adaptation of Stardust, which is a Neil Gaiman book. And he's also been, I guess, 23 episodes of Boardwalk Empire, but I've never really watched that. Neither of those are things I've watched. Yeah, and I, I love me some Neil Gaiman. He's like, he's more of a modern Tolkien fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you watched American Gods? I have not, but I have watched okay. Lucifer. Oh yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of Neil gaiman it's, it's I've watched yeah, it, and yeah. it's so far away from Sandman and the stuff oh, that yeah. it was originally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I watched two episodes of it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know too much of Neil Gaiman stuff, but uh, like I I knew like okay, there's no way this is like that based. This is probably um, very loosely based. I assume. Do you remember the Doctor Who episode, The Doctor's Wife, where the TARDIS it's, comes to life? He yeah. wrote that. Oh, okay. I know. I know he had written at least one episode. Like I know he's done he, other stuff. Yeah. yeah, he wrote two. He wrote the one next season with the, um, with the Cyberman and the Eleventh Doctor gets Cyberman controlled, like an evil version of himself. Okay, I I yeah, got the audio book for um, American Gods, and oh, yeah. I fell asleep on a plane one day listening to it, and it was probably oh, going for like half an hour. <laughs> And then when I woke up, I had no idea like how far back to rewind and all this stuff. And now it's been <laughs> and like just gave up. years. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think I still no, have it downloaded I, on my phone. I'm looking at my copy of American Gods right now. It's just right here on my bookshelf. I've, I've read it two or three times. I like it. All right. I I have trouble reading fiction. Like I yeah. I don't know what it is. I just like can't remember the last fiction book I I actually finished reading. Actually, I remember that's it's right. been about ten years, uh, but I, I read a lot of nonfiction stuff. Like that's that's what's yeah. interesting to me. But yeah, okay, I I'll read anything you put in front of me. No, not that's not true. But I like nonfiction and fiction equally as long as I find them interesting. Okay, will you read Braille? That's why I stopped. So not anything that <laughs> you put in front of me. Uh, but you know who will read Braille. Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock. Yeah. Also, Daredevil. Actually, will Daredevil read signs? Like, it, he does, right? Like, he knows it's, like, there's a little bit of print above. Like, can he feel it? I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he could. I don't know if that's something, because I haven't read that many Daredevil comics. I've read um, uh, Man Without Fear, and I've read... Um, What's the other big arc? Um, Born Again. Those are like his two classic arcs. But I haven't read that much of him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he could be able to read print by the the nanometers that are popping up or something like that. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. it it makes sense. Especially, like, even this Daredevil in the TV show. Like, in Season 3, they kind of talk a little bit more about his powers, and they kind of make it seem like he's like even more super as far as like his power level of of being able to see around him sort of stuff but um mm-hmm. but yeah that makes sense so yeah. um back to Matt Murdock or Daredevil I guess basically in the next scene we see the thing that he was uh confessing he was about to do or trying to get uh, pre forgiveness uh, or permission I guess was that it at that point you're asking for permission? Uh, yeah I guess that's that's permission yeah yeah uh, so he was going to uh, save some women from being abducted and uh, and human trafficked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's being uh, human trafficked by a bunch of Russians, and uh, one of the two people who like fill the role of Agent Coulson connecting these Marvel Netflix shows. We get Turk Barrett for the first time. Oh. The guy, yeah, the guy. Um, an African American guy who's sex trafficking these women. Uh, he's a comic book character from Daredevil number sixty nine back in nineteen seventy. But yeah, um, 
I am proud to say I know nothing about like this aspect of the world in general, like sex trafficking. Uh, but I feel like a thousand dollars a head for these women is pretty cheap compared, considering what they're doing. I was gonna say the same thing. I also have no idea what that's actually like in real life. Um, <laughs> we need to make sure since we're recording this and everyone's hearing it on the internet, we have no idea. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> One more time for the people in the back. Uh, <laughs> I I was assuming that that was his cut. And because there's a group of people there, and then there's oh, like okay. it's a business sort of right, you know, you've got like people on the top. Like we see later in the episode, there's people in charge, that kind of stuff. So I just kind of assumed it was that's that's how much he himself makes. And at that point, for you know that much money in one night, that kind of thing, like that's that made sense to me. But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was an interesting fight scene. Um, and it's, I mean, this is only a couple of minutes into the episode, and we just see, like, immediately, like, okay, this is a character with, like, basically already hero powers, right? This is not his mm-hmm. first outing doing Daredevil stuff. Um, if I were to guess, I'd say about a level seven monk is my, my thinking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I see that. I do see that, but... Playing devil's advocate or daredevil's advocate, haha. Uh-huh. Um, he's asking for forgiveness from or permission from the priest in the previous scene, which makes me think this is his first time fighting crime. Hmm. So, because if he already did this, he would be asking for regular forgiveness, not pre forgiveness. <laughs> That's true. So in later stuff from Daredevil, we know that he basically grew up being in fights like his whole life, right? You know, yeah. seeing his dad, that all kind of helped him mm-hmm. like, have that fighting mindset. And so I, I'm actually really curious, like, like how he started doing this. It's probably, you know, hearing every crime in the city probably doesn't help. But <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like. I mean, I don't know how spoilery we want to get, because if we want to get spoilery at all. But I feel yeah. like the significant character that shows up in season two, there are a bunch of flashbacks with that character that kind of fill oh, yeah. stuff in, though I can't totally remember what those holes were filled with. <laughs> I totally forgot about that character. Okay, cool. I, I really don't remember much about season two. Um yeah, I remember having mixed feelings on it, but uh, yeah, okay, okay, right. yeah. I f- I feel like the first half was much better than the second half of season two, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. We're we're yeah. only episode one of season one. We are twenty three uh, minutes into the first episode. <laughs> the scene is or like, like eight minutes, minutes in. into the <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, Daredevil shows up, saves the women. That's good. Tells them. Gives them instructions on where to go so that way they can get some help. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daredevil beats up all of the human traffickers there, including the guy yeah. sitting down on the chair eating a burger. Yeah, I got for the whole time. Didn't even get up <laughs> once during the whole time. I got very much uh, Batman Begins vibes. You know, when Batman first reveals himself to the criminal mm-hmm. syndicate oh, on yeah. the docks. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, interestingly enough, this season with the black suit in season one is based on uh the man without fear arc which is a five issue miniseries uh by uh by frank miller who also wrote batman year one and the dark knight returns which are the two comics that inspired nolan's batman trilogy so i'm wondering if he just because i never read batman year one but I'm wondering if he just used the exact same scene twice, and then the <laughs> directors just copied it because they were in both comics. <laughs> I have not. I, I I might have read the Batman Year One. I don't remember to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But I have not read the uh, the Daredevil one. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same city, right? So yeah, you've New got York docks, and all that, yeah, huh? New York and Gotham are the same city. 
Did you know that Gotham City is a nickname for New York? Yes, I learned that I... recently, and or I I had heard that a long time ago, um, and that's actually yeah. why they started calling it Gotham in the comics because in uh, originally York, in the Batman comics, it, huh? I was Sorry, gonna say it was New here. York, but not New York. It it was actually called New York, and oh. the the mayor of New York, I think, or or something, some local government was like upset that they were calling it New York in the comics because you know it's Batman comics, and and they're just saying, oh, it's riddled with crime and all this stuff, and it's horrible mm-hmm. being there. And they're like, no, we want to change our image, change it to something else. And they're like, well, all right, we keep calling it Gotham because it's a nickname for it. So sure, we'll go with that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and then I guess in the Marvel stuff, they just didn't care. <laughs> no, they they didn't. I mean, it's the real world for the most part. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I know we are historically bad at talking about actual fight scenes, so we kind of glide over them. Uh-huh. But I do, and I'm going to bring this up at least in the next episode because I already watched it and wrote notes for it. But I <laughs> like how brutal and how real feeling um daredevil's fighting is because he he's a real he's a real person at least it feels like it is everything every, you feel every hit that he takes and that he gives oh yeah no that is that is probably one of my favorite parts about the show like the the fighting definitely looks realistic at least season one later seasons you know he Every season you got to up the previous one, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. but the the first season is like it's it's really good on that, and especially the the fight scene that happens, you know, next episode. That's that's really yeah, um, you know, definitely has that that same feel to it. Um, and I actually kind of wonder. Um, I never actually thought about the audio if that has something to do with it too. If they like kind of play it up in that sense, that makes it feel like that too. But oh, I'm I'm sure it is. I. Though, a kick from Daredevil isn't the same as a kick from Captain America. Captain America mm-hmm. will literally launch you off a boat. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> you feel a kick from Daredevil more, probably because of the sound, than mm-hmm. it would. Yeah, from, yeah, from Daredevil it feels more like thump, versus from Captain America it feels more springy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So um, after this scene, uh, we get to well, basically the next morning, um, and we've got Foggy and Matt talking, and so this mm-hmm. is basically the the their first day of actually running a business of their or starting their business. Uh, Foggy wakes Matt up with a phone call. <laughs> uh, Foggy goes to bribe a cop, which turns out to uh, come back and be helpful for them later. Uh, and then they both meet up at the uh, the place that's going to be their their office building. They're talking with the real estate agent. Yes, um, you you instantly like Foggy in this. I because you start off, he gets a call, and then he starts making fun of Matt's blindness, which you know is a perfect <laughs> way to endear you to any character. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it's <laughs> yeah. also showing the friendship too, right? Like, oh yeah, like they're 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 buddies. They can joke about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um he's also uh the the cop that he bribes is um named Brett Mahoney, who becomes moderately important. I know in season three he was pretty important. Spoilers. Um but he he's a comic book character from he shows up a lot in X Men and Spider Man comics, which is really weird because Marvel has the rights to neither of those. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> or at I... the time. Yeah, you know, okay, it's still it's still weird to me whenever something like that happens because I want to know, like, I'm really curious what the actual wording is. Like, like, do they literally just have a list of characters that they say like you can have or can't have, or, or is it one of those um, weird things like, like this character can technically be used by both because the character shows up in both things? Yeah. People got into it a little bit. I read a little bit about it back when Quicksilver was in both universes. Mm-hmm. And they're different because they were both mainly, for a certain amount of issues, they were in the X-Men and in the Avengers. I think it's issue number or amount of years or something like that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> From my understanding, though, 
Marvel Studios has all the rights to TV shows. Even if you look at the producers for the two X-Men shows, Legion and The Gifted right now, are under Marvel Television, not Fox. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Did they not might know. cut other deals with them. but So if they want, they wouldn't waste Spider-Man, but if they want to throw Spider-Man, <laughs> or say giant screw you to Fox and <laughs> put the X-Men in their own TV show, they could. <laughs> but no, they'll just buy Fox. It's a lot easier that way. Yeah, less paperwork, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Proceed. No. Um, <laughs> also, we get the... Uh, in the new offices, we hear about the incidents. The incident which they never refer to aliens by name in these shows. Which was kind of weird. The dancing around it part of it. I yeah, thought. that's a big complaint about these shows. But, I mean, how often do we talk about the... How often do we call 9-11 the crashing of airplanes into the Twin Towers? We just call it 9-11, so we have to call it something. Yeah, I, I feel I mean, like they would have a name, right? Like... Uh, do do well, they ever give it a name in in the MCU? The Battle of New York. Okay. Yeah. All right. I totally mean, that, forgot. That's that. the only okay. thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Although thinking that might come from an Easter egg in this, not this episode, but this show. <laughs> I think I know what you're referring to, and yeah, I, yeah, it might be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they refer to it, they'd have to refer to it in. Uh, Civil War, which I I guess we should watch again. Yeah, just that's just for fun. Time, though. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel weird. Like I watched uh for Thanksgiving Thanksgiving I made my own mashed potatoes, and I was peeling a crap load of potatoes, and I put on Thor Ragnarok, and I felt like I shouldn't watch this because I'm going to cover it on the podcast in a few years. It's like <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do have the same thought every so often. I'm like, no, it's gonna be Oh no, I got time. Alright, I'm good. I'll watch Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, it's um it, it was also a little weird because it felt forced that they were talking about the incident. Mm-hmm. Um that they had to to mention that again. Or, or just Although, mention it at all that way. I mean, they have to a little bit because it makes no sense that these guys who have literally no money are renting a this office space in New York City, which is like the highest real estate prices in, if not the world, at least most of the world. I think Dubai might beat them because I know Dubai is expensive. But, but yeah, it's like it would make no sense. It also, um, like the explanation they give to why Matt, how Matt gets his apartment. Yeah, I was gonna complain about that one a little later because that was okay kind of stupid sounding um i mean yeah. we're on it let's talk about it now just because you know <laughs> we're talking about real estate prices i mean it feels like they probably just want to stay a little bit true to the, the comics right they're lawyers in that area they're just kind of making excuses mm-hmm. but i don't know it, i i'm pretty sure curtains exist in the mcu like whoever lives in that Do apartment they? can can just Do put they? something up Black where do you see the proof of that al <laughs> Uh, all right, you know, fine. I got nothing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I mean, if someone really wanted to live there, like that's just at night, right? When the when that billboard yeah. is blinding, like during the day, I'm sure you don't have a good yeah. view. But you have some giant windows. That's not so bad. <laughs> I know. I mean, it. Is the flimsiest excuse to give this single poor guy his own room, his own house. Uh, it, and you know what I just now realized? Hmm. I think in that scene they also imply that it's uh, that that like shite, really bright billboard light is only into the living room, not into the bedroom. 
Oh yeah, because Karen can stay in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's not that big a deal. <laughs> yeah. So either there are no windows in the bedroom. Curtains. Or oh, or windows. he okay. does have curtains oh. in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> or his one window is facing another direction. I guess or that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um rewinding back a little bit to the previous scene we were talking about um the they end up arguing and taking it so uh matt and foggy um i guess matt wanted it foggy didn't want it and so like an old married couple they went with what the the, blind man wants (laughs) yeah i guess i mean i was about to say the wife but then i realized i I guess matt's more masculine considering the Mm. fighting i don't i don't know I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if anyone is more or less masculine. But we do get, um, we do know, get to know uh, their motivations. That Matt only wants to um, defend the innocent, and Foggy wants to defend anybody with money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, Which is... is a little weird. Like, that they would agree to work together if they have kind of these differing opinions. Yeah. Especially on that kind of thing. Right. Well, it's, you need that. If you're going to start a business, you need someone to keep an eye on the money, but you also need someone with the ideals to keep the business together. Yeah. But you I also mean, kind of have to agree on it too. Right. Like I, I, I guess, you know, they're, they are saying that foggy does agree with helping the people who need help, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's not he's not a terrible person. <laughs> That's true. Okay, you've talked me back into into it. I'm good. I'm, all right. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Um. So the next thing we have is basically the beginning of Karen Page and her her predicament that she ends up in. <laughs> so when we first find out about her, she is uh, holding a knife over a dead body that has recently been stabbed. And she is crying, having absolutely no idea what's going on. And the police... It looks like she murdered him. I'm just saying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To the yeah. untrained eye, it looks like she murdered him. And also and to also... the trained eye. <laughs> yes, also to that one. Or to those, those many trained eyes. It very much looks <laughs> like that. Um, so police show up and, and they do arrest her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Um, Foggy gets uh, alerted to this. He gets a call from the uh, cop buddy of his that he bribed earlier. So that kind of worked out for him. Good thing he knows how to bribe uh, police, I guess. Actually, actually, he's not bribing police. He's bribing the cop's mom because he's buying the stuff for her <laughs> against Which... the cop's wishes. <laughs> so, so if he didn't bribe the cop, if he just like walked up and asked, and was like, "Hey, man, we've known each other for a long time." I mean, if if anything comes across, just let me know. Do you think he would have gotten something like someone with money, not Paige? Uh, <laughs> are you saying like he would have gotten a better client? I, yes. <laughs> maybe. Something, maybe. Something easier to win, maybe at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, this came off pretty easy, as we find out. I mean, not easy for Karen. <laughs> But easy for everyone yeah. else. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that, uh, you know, after getting the call, uh, Matt and Foggy show up. Uh, they show up as her lawyers and try to get her help. I guess basically be uh, be real lawyers, and they've only been lawyers for uh, seven hours, as they've yeah. said, since they got desks. Which considering I mean, where would you? I was gonna say, where would you measure it from? When they pass the bar, or when they got desks, <laughs> or another time? Um, I mean, I would assume that they have like a business license of some sort, so I would I would count it from that day, from that, that time. Yeah, I think. I mean, I would think once you pass the bar, technically you're a lawyer, so technically you're practicing from that time. That's true. They're able to do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, as much as buying a desk 
buying a desk doesn't mean have any. I could buy a desk doesn't make me a lawyer or practicing law. <laughs> That's true. I have a desk right now that I'm using. And are you a lawyer? I do not. Um, are you a programmer I, by day and a lawyer by night? The worst superhero. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's too much work. It's too much reading. Yeah. I have no interest in that. <laughs> no, but I'm sure I could get a law degree online somewhere easily. Yeah, twenty bucks might right? not be U.S. law degree, but a law degree. That's true. Yeah, uh, probably bird law or something. Yeah, nautical law. Yeah, or that. <laughs> um, so uh, this is the first scene where we see um, Matt Murdock or Daredevil. Uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I'm never sure which one to call them based on their their stuff. Anyway, we're seeing um, lie detecting powers, and mm-hmm. so Matt uh, knows that Karen's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean we should call him Matt. We call Tony Tony all the time, and you know, we call everyone by their regular names, except for Cap because we have to respect Captain America. We call everybody by their regular names. <laughs> that's true. I call him Stark though, because I call you Tony. But oh, that's fair. Yeah, but either way, <laughs> mm-hmm. we either call him Matt or Mister Devil. Those are the two <laughs> options. We gotta show respect. All right, that sounds fair. That works for me. Um, so, um, and that's pretty much it for that. So they basically decide, hey, uh, Karen's good. Let's go ahead and try to help her out. And so uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Devil and Foggy go ahead and uh, they kind of talk shop for a little bit to try to figure out how to get her out. And they uh, they, they have a few ideas. Um, but uh, we'll get back to that in a second because first... Let's talk about something else that's kind of happening separately. And um, weird, creepy kind of dude in a nice-looking suit walks up to mm-hmm. random guy in the park in New York. And um, so creepy dude in the nice suit um, basically threatens this other guy for money. Or, well, was for money, but uh, now instead decides to just threaten the guy's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, his his employer has bought off some loan shark in town, seemingly just to get to this guy. I mean, from what we see. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, knowing mm-hmm. what I know about his boss from the future, it's definitely just to get to this one guy. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, and that's not something like you realize immediately. Like, it takes a while, but uh, oh yeah. That's uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely how how that works. Um, yeah, and I've got nothing else for this scene. How about you? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, he blackmails him to do something evil. Uh, I'm assuming which evil. is this next thing that we're gonna find out or talk yes. about? So the they're they're very coy and cagey about what evil things that this um, seemingly random guy needs to do. Um, which we find out is that he's he's a security guard at a uh, mm-hmm. or or prison guard is that the right phrase prison guard? yeah I mean he's she's not in prison she's in jail I mean I I guess he's a he's a guard he's just a guard we'll just say that okay he's a guard uh, with access to Karen Page's cell and so his evil task is to kill her yep so yeah yeah um, luckily for her that, that doesn't work yeah. Yeah, she is not just a damsel in distress. She knows how to fight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or at least a little bit. Enough to defend herself. Yeah. So she showed enough to uh, hit him back, stun him at least for a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, And scream. Take out his eye. Yeah, exactly. So, and um, I guess we assume that she screams... um, and off screen, she gets saved because she was loud enough. Like something happened there. Um, yeah, I was a little unsure on that, but I, I guess that's probably the, the logical steps of where that would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's either that or she's super powered and screams, teleport cops in to <laughs> save her. I don't know. <laughs> One of the two. 
Yeah. Maybe we'll find out definitely one or the other someday. But for now, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to probably be one of those two. Definitely, yeah. probably. <laughs> uh, all right. So now, uh, next up is basically all the fallout from this part of uh, her attempted murder. So next morning, uh, we've got um, Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson trying to get her out of jail. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, talking to who I assume was the DA. I don't actually know if they ever said that or not. Um, but uh, you know, they, no, they it's their... not the DA. Because the guys there have to talk to the ADA, which is the assistant DA, about ah, getting her okay. released. So it's not the DA. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Cool. So this was kind of a, a nice little thing that I noticed during this scene. Um, there was a point where the one of the legal people that, that they were t- talking to, um, you know, he turns to Matt and he says, uh, uh, you take that tone with me, I'll kick the shit out of you. And there was a nice little like smile micro expression that uh, <laughs> that Matt Murdock kind of put on his face because, like we all know, that's not how that's going to work out. <laughs> He's just like freaking try it. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I, I liked it. Like, like I almost missed it too. I had to rewind real quick just to see it. But it's just a little little twitch of a smile <laughs> in like the center of his his mouth. Like ah, oh, that's my favorite part of the episode. Now I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's uh, Matt Murdock's a little cocky. Oh yeah, uh huh. For good reason, for the most part. Uh huh. That's that's true. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, just about ev- other than his uh, blind supervision, he's everything else is natural, right? His fighting ability and all of that stuff, his lawyering, yeah, well, his, his thinking. Yeah, I mean, he's got sight, uh, four heightened senses. Um, so I guess, like, you can tell what directions swinging fists are coming from because of your super hearing or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it helps with your reflexes. But yeah, his strength and his fighting skills are all naturally trained. Yeah, so that's, that's definitely got to go to his head. Mm-hmm. No doubt up there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so with this scene, they're able to get Paige out of jail, um, or wherever she was, um, and then take her away to at least get her to someplace, uh, someplace hiding at least. And, uh, so they end up back at the, uh, Nelson and Murdoch office location. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, let's see, this is the first time we're actually getting, uh, some information from Paige or some real information from her, right? She gets some, uh, she talks about her job, how her job was basically a secretary, uh, something involving pensions. And she, uh, accidentally opened a file with a bunch of incriminating evidence. Mm -hmm. So, um, that seems to be what, uh, why she was targeted uh, and she also kind of talks a little bit about the the person who was killed um how she and this is something i actually kind of missed tony i was did she say that this guy had a family like a wife and kids yeah. and she was going uh, out he, with she the at, guy, least, or? at least kids i don't think she had a wife because i was looking okay. for that in particular but um yeah, she wasn't thinking him out for a date. She was thinking him out because he was illegal, and she thought he could help with the incriminating evidence that she found. Ah, that's right. Okay, got it. Yeah, hmm. I just it, it I missed that before, and I couldn't remember right now. So, mm-hmm. got it. Okay, cool. Um, so unfortunately, that guy ended up dead. Um, and that's pretty much the uh the it of uh of that um uh in the end matt says that he can at least take her to his place she'll be safe there uh, but he's only going to let her stay the one night so hopefully everything works out perfect for her within the next 24 hours and she's good otherwise oh, yeah. it's i mean she's on her own at that point pretty much yeah <laughs> um so that's the next scene. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Matt and Paige talking at Matt's apartment. Uh, they have a little bit of uh, of um, small talk. They talk about why he's able to afford such a nice place. Which yeah, that we kind of talked about, about. Yeah. already. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, talk a little bit about Matt Murdock's blindness, but then we get some more information from Karen on her story. Um, and Matt's trying to get some more information from her. Uh, it ends with him basically asking if she kept that, that incriminating file. And she says no, but uh, we know that her pants are on fire. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Matt Murdock can smell the fire. No <laughs> yeah. one else, though. <laughs> no, I mean, it's part of his uh, superpowers. Uh-huh. Um, I do like this quiet scene between these two characters about how they're talking about Matt going blind and how he misses his sight and all that stuff. This, though a lot of people complain about the slowness of this, and it's true, a lot of these episodes are kind of slow. I do like having the time to just be with these characters and really know how these characters think and like their internal lives. We don't get this with a Stark or Cap or anyone from the movies because there's just not enough time. Yeah, it it definitely is nice. Um, and I, I I do like it. Like it it does add a lot of substance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, at times if it's not done well, all that stuff, it's you know less interesting. Oh yeah, we'll um, run into but, that. Uh, it it mm-hmm. oh yeah, but uh, no, I mean this scene in particular was was great, right? We got a little bit more of uh, Matt talking about missing being able to see, saying he would like. He'd give anything to be able to see again. All that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so um, their conversation ends, and Karen sneaks out of Matt's apartment. She's really <sighs> quiet, though. He doesn't hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, she goes back to her old apartment, or current apartment, I guess is probably it. Um, yeah, it's still hers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's... She's paying rent on it, I guess. I'm not too sure. She's paid to the end of the month. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so she gets there, she f- and she grabs the, the uh, USB thumb drive with the incriminating mm-hmm. file on there uh, and gets attacked by some guy who was waiting in the apartment. Luckily, yeah. Daredevil just happens to show up. He was like next door what? or something, baking cookies. Got some coffee. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Daredevil, big on coffee. <laughs> uh, so we have a, a, a fight scene here, and um, and I gotta say, so this was a this was a really good fight scene because uh, given the comparison that we have here versus the beginning of the episode where we see you know Daredevil taking on what was it three or four guys? I think it was three plus the sandwich guy in the chair. Yeah, it doesn't really count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So those three versus this one guy who um, really holds his own in this fight. And so mm-hmm. so now we're actually seeing, a, uh, or very early on in the series, someone that he can't immediately take on. Which is also a nice kind of contrast to the you know real big superheroes we see in the movies, right? Like mm-hmm. Cap would have absolutely no issue with this guy or any yeah. of the other characters. But Cap also has a shield, which is totally not fair. Okay, that's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a Black Widow would definitely, or even May would definitely be able to take this guy. No problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So. Uh, but, unfortunately. Yeah, so there's that. Um, this guy knocks Matt so hard out the window, he knocks him into a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> and too bad he wasn't mind-controlled. Then he would have just gone back to normal. Instead, he had to go back to a flashback. Yep. <laughs> But I, if I remember correctly, the flashback is only, like, his dad telling him to get back to work. Like, he's studying and telling him to get back to work, which is not that interesting. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember just now. I was trying to remember why I didn't write any notes. Um, oh, you know, I do have some notes. Uh, yeah, uh, it was him falling asleep at a desk as a kid and just woken up by his dad being told. To or Daredevil is all this kid's imagination. And this whole—that's him really waking up in real life. This kid has a really good assumption of what the future is like. Well, he—he he doesn't know. Maybe, maybe the future is completely <laughs> different in his world. Are you you're talking about like the okay, imagining right. cell phones and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about a kid in like in the '80s, <laughs> and 
people like watch a lot of Star Trek. imagining the future. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Or listen to it because he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Daredevil wakes up and ends up beating up the the bad mm-hmm. guy. Um, and the nice resolution here, um, with the you know with the bow on it and everything, is that they, um, drop the guy off in front of a a news building with the incriminating file. Is that oh yeah. Um, so Karen, so they wouldn't get back to Karen or no. So he wouldn't get killed in prison. I, I think, I, I think it was so that way the file wouldn't be destroyed by, you know, someone who's paid off, like, like a cop who's paid Mm -hmm. off or something or that kind of thing. That was my assumption that they, they wanted that information out in the open. And the easiest way to do that was to leave it at a news editor desk or something yeah so they would just publish the info yeah because they did not have the rights to the daily bugle (laughs) Uh uh-huh because sony still has it Uh. (laughs) bitch anyway (laughs) so um yeah and that seems to work because we get to the things for the next day and all um Everything has been dropped against Karen. She's free. Uh, and so she pays Matt and uh, Foggy with a nice home-cooked meal. Yay. Woo-hoo. That she is only supposed to serve to her future husband. So she's going with one of these two guys. She pretty much made her choice. Down to two. Okay. <laughs> Until one dies and then the other? Is that how that's going to work? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, now that we have that main story out of the way, uh, there's a few other things. Um, we kind of skipped over the um, what I'm like to calling the uh, meeting of the minds, right? We have uh, the essentially League heads of, Evil. of these different. Oh, okay, that's a much better name. I like the League of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're meeting at this construction site at the top floor, one of the top floors, I guess, not the bottom floor where it's at least a little warmer. No, yeah. it has to be the top. And they don't want guys in masks finding out what they're doing. Yeah. 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 Uh, these guys who meet up there, uh, some of them have comic book counterparts. We get the American guy, Leland Owlsley, who is the owl. <gasps> I know, he's a daredevil villain from from, um, from issue uh, three back in 1964. So he's one of the first daredevil villains. Oh, he's not Owl Man from The Watchmen. No, no. Or okay, uh, no, it's Night Owl from The Watchmen. Owl Man is from Earth Three of Justice League. He's the evil version of Batman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's <okay>. all true. <laughs> I, I no, I, I believe you. I, I never really cared for the Watchmen stuff. I like, yeah. I read it and I saw the movie. And like, yeah, yeah it's, um, Night Owl and Night Owl too. And then okay, yeah. Ah, ooh, two. Yep. Okay, Electric Boogaloo. Yep, I think that's that was his last name. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get also get the Russians Anatoly and Vladimir Renshikov, who have nothing to do with the comics. We get a Japanese man named uh, Nobu, who uh, premiered in Electra issue one back in two thousand four, and he is the leader of the Hand. I wonder if that will show up. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And then we get Madame Gao, who is the best one, but she has no comic book version. Mm. And then we get uh, Wesley, who we actually get a name for him. The same mysterious guy who threatened the guard earlier. He's he's a character. He works for somebody who we are not revealing yet. Um, In the comics, he appeared in uh, originally in Ep. Issue two twenty seven of Daredevil back in nineteen eighty six. Okay, so did did we actually get Wesley's name in this scene? And I completely I think they call him Wesley, it. or maybe it's not this scene. Oh. It might have been the scene at the end, but we're going to talk about that. Anyway. Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, <laughs> but apparently Wesley works I... for Voldemort because they don't say his name, <gasps> which. 
That's right. They almost said it too. Yep, to which <laughs> the more that I think about it, the more Voldemorty his boss is. But we'll get there. Um, yeah, and so for the most part, this is just kind of a meetup of all of them and their illegal Mm -hmm. activities and seeing how everything is kind of linked together for the most part. The, um, the Wesley's boss is upset about the, uh, Russians not being able to kidnap people. And then he also brings up the stuff that happened with Karen Page, basically, or at least Mm -hmm. the company, you know, in, in involved with that and um yeah so it's all linked together it's all all interconnected like marvel (laughs) Uh exactly (coughs) that's the theme of the season right that this is all part of marvel that's all connected i'm sure it'll come up a lot okay i do like um owsley's Uh little quote saying uh he's kind of excited that daredevil was involved because uh heroes and their consequences are why we have our current opportunities they're using the destruction from the Avengers as a way to make money, like rebuilding the city. So he wants more hero damage. I guess that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then, so this was technically this scene was the night of the uh, the the I guess the day. Karen Page was uh, sprung out of jail. So I guess day two of the three mm-hmm. days that this episode takes place on. Um, or four, yeah. I guess, technically. But uh, anyway. Um, so the next morning, or the final morning, I guess, of the episode, uh, we get uh, Wesley talking on a phone to um, not Voldemort, or kind of Voldemort. <laughs> and so, he who must not be named. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they're just kind of wrapping things up, basically saying uh, everything's kind of taken care of for the most part. Um, they're the the leader guy, um, you know, wants to start a file on Matt Murdock and this kind of stuff. And uh, other than that, mm-hmm. they're taking things just kind of safe at this point, and they're off the hook for anything that they could be found liable for, basically. So they're they're good. They're clean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll have any problems with these guys ever again. Yeah. I think we're safe. They drive off into the sunset and call it a day. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and then finally, last thing of the episode, uh, we get this cool little closing montage. Um, <clears throat> we've got uh, Matt Murdock w- walking into Fogwell's gym and just starts training, uh, punching mm-hmm. stuff and etc. Uh, and then as part of this montage, we get uh, basically a, a little snippet of what all the other bad people are doing. Um, mm. We see uh, money being transferred from some accounts over to somewhere else. Uh, we see some people are killed. So the prison guard from earlier. And I kind of missed it. Tony, was the second person who was killed? Was that the, the hitman who went after I Paige? think so. The guy who didn't, mm. okay. yeah, who didn't yeah. successfully kill him. Okay, that's that's what I thought. I just wasn't sure. Um, we see some people making cocaine or baking powder, flour. I thought it was heroin. Okay, I don't really know the difference, uh, to be honest. Cocaine or heroin. One starts like with a C, like. and the other one starts with an H. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. It's definitely heroin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have no idea how they look differently, so I just... Yeah. I don't know either. Okay. I repeat, I do not know. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to do that very regularly for these Netflix shows. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we see some evil vi- building plans being shown, I guess. Oh, no! <laughs> it's, it's like the least evil thing. <laughs> um, oh, no, construction is s- yeah, shady. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yep. Uh, and then finally, we see uh, human traffickers. Uh, this time they have guns instead of mm. originally one when of they them. wouldn't. So yeah. Yep. Oh, that's right. At least one, one of them has a gun now. No, I think last uh, time they had one gun. Barrett had a gun. Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So now they all have guns, mm-hmm. which now they'll be ready to fight the one person who comes at them who doesn't have a gun. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, hmm? I said, we'll see. That's true. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, and then finally, uh, the episode ends with the human traffickers, the Russians, 
uh, kidnapping a little boy. And yep. Daredevil hears it <gasps> and tries to go after them. Yep. I, I don't think we even need to know what happens next. I'm sure everything's fine. Dare, yep. Daredevil it's all good. Right away. Yeah, so Daredevil gets him. Um, and then he does like a cool pose like a spinning kick in the air and then he like pauses yeah, just long frame. enough to take a cool picture yeah, yeah yeah it ends up in all the newspapers no one sees it because they all use the internet for their for their news mm-hmm. uh and then that's it that's all one and a half episodes of the, of the season. <laughs> yeah. it was one one hour episode <laughs> and one 20 minute episode yeah well, you gotta wrap yeah, it up yeah. well we'll actually see if we are correct <laughs> next time <laughs> um <laughs> I think I'm good with this episode. How are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good. That works for me. All right. So this was uh, Marvel, this Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Season 1, Episode 1 of Daredevil, Into the Ring. Please join us next week when we will be covering Season 1, Episode 2 of Daredevil, Cut Man. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind, and please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or Marvel Cinematic Rewind, signing off. Have a marvelous day.